This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. So now Posey ranges away, and Ballinger throws it so high. There are some intangibles that those projections failed to take into consideration. The crowd was going crazy, and there's not much in life that's better than that. You're listening to Garlic Fries and Baseball Guys with Mark Willard and Joe Shasky on the 95.7 The Game Podcast Network. Okay, next episode, Garlic Fries and Baseball Guys. What is going on for Joe Shasky, Mark Willard? Uh, what is cooking? It feels like, Joe, we're we're at a time right now where, I, I mean, I can't speak to team morale. I can speak to fan morale. This is as low as it's been uh, since uh, before the start of, of last year. Uh, I don't think it's time to overreact. 39 and 33, they're still fine. They're right in the thick of this. Um, but it feels like something's got to give. Uh, Anthony DiSclefani cannot continue to go out and throw the way he did in Game Three against the uh, against the Reds. They've got a huge hole in uh, in the rotation. Junis isn't coming back anytime soon. I don't know if Boyd is ready. Is there a spark they can get from one of the young guys? You and I mentioned Kyle Harrison this morning, but I'd even rather see them give that over to Sean Jelly. Something, something's got to be different, and and, and it's got to be different real soon. The hallmarks of all the good teams in baseball: playing good defense, pitching really well, and timely hitting. Right? They've had timely hitting. Although I know the bats always leave everyone frustrated. They think that you should be batting four fifty and driving in every single run that gets to second base. That's just not realistic. But in terms of starting pitching, they have two aces or or two guys that would be top of the rotation guys for anyone in the bigs. And then nothing. <laughs> it's like Wood sometimes gives them four, sometimes gives them five, sometimes doesn't get through the third. Cobb, the numbers have looked better than the performance per se, or I guess the performance has been better than numbers, but they're searching right now. And, and then the bullpen's been sporadic at best. I just, I don't know what to make of this team. And I think that the defense to me is the most disappointing aspect. You could say guys are out, but it's the basic things like Anthony Slater. You're supposed to be in there to play defense. You, you, you misplay what three balls in a four day span. Yastrzemski been a great defender for this team, like four or five plays in the last two weeks. Just leave me scratching my head. And I don't really have an answer. They do need a spark, but I don't think it's a, a one-person solution right now. No, I I agree with that. And let's go back to the beginning of the year. What did yeah. we say about the rotation? It felt like Farhan was doing what this team always does, which is he's putting uh, a bunch of depth pieces around so that, uh, you know, in, in case of emergency, break glass. You know, there was Junis. He was supposed to be – an emergency thing. There was yeah. Boyd coming in the, you know, halfway through the year. Uh, they, they, they took a flyer on Carlos Martinez. Um, it looked like everything was built so that they were eight or nine deep. So if everything went wrong, 
they were ready. And, and what I don't think was a part of that thought process was one of the guys they signed to a big free agent contract just being, um, you know, a, a, a gas can out there. Like that, that was not a part of the deal. Now, I still think they are in some ways ready for it. It just comes down to a matter of how quickly can you pull the trigger. And, and it's that age-old thing in sports. Um, are you keeping someone in there to justify a contract or the other way around? I mean, it's not even just the, this year. It's two more years wow. of Anthony DiSclafani. I'm sure he'll have better days during that two-and-a-half-year run than he's had now. But uh, how much longer can you stick with this? It, it feels like he's got to go find something different before they can trot him back out there again. I'm with you. We we talked to Dave Fleming this morning on the radio show, and he basically said, ah, you got to kind of stick with him. And I'm thinking – do you like I'm asking out loud like I, I don't know what their alternative options are at this point, but like, could he be an opener? Is he like a just get me through two innings kind of a guy? Is he a swing guy? Like you got to squeeze the juice for every drop here. But but here's the thing, though, Mark, like I don't think it's some anchoring bad contract. That's like some massive deal breaker. He's making twelve million dollars the next couple of right. years over each year. So it's only like they gave him thirty five million, uh, you know, a year or something like that. Or it's a five year deal and it's year one of a hundred million dollar deal. Like it, it's it's bad, but it's not crippling bad to where it can, you know, keep them from doing other things. I just. <sighs> It's just frustrating because he was good last year, but the way he fell off, I think we all agreed like one, maybe a two year deal, three. Uh, I was skeptical the minute they signed it. Uh, you ever have an idea where you're like, I know this is a bad idea, but I'm going to do it anyway. Um, I have one of those and, and I'll throw it at you in a second. See what you think. But you mentioned your conversation with Dave Fleming. Let's hear from uh, Flem yeah. on this because he actually has a thought as to why Di Sclafani is underperforming. Here it is. He looks like a guy who needs more time to get ready. Jacob Junis, we're healthy. Mm-hmm. I don't think Anthony Di Sclafani would be in the starting rotation right now if Matthew Boyd hadn't gotten hurt. This was about the where he may not pitch this year. He might, but it's going to be a while. Those are the other two primary options, I think, that you know, if things were going a little better on the health front, you probably would see Anthony DiScofani still working out those issues somewhere else because he clearly is not right. So I, the Giants are going to have to grind that one out because, you know, on the one hand, they need him now because of the, you know, the other issues that I just laid out. They need him. But, you know, this is a contending team. This is a team that wants to get back to the playoffs. So you don't like to run a starting pitcher out there who isn't right to let him kind of get up to speed at this level when it's costing you games and it's cost him two games. Yeah, and so there it is from Flem. He's come back too soon, and and maybe he's not healthy, although I don't see necessarily other than the other team hitting the ball really hard. <laughs> what is, what's the evidence, right? Like his, his velocity's fine. He's just hitting, you know, he's always been a guy who's got to hit his spots really, really finely, or else he's going to get hit because he does not have overpowering stuff. But what he just said, um, as someone who's really hoping for this team to have playoff baseball this year, is a massive concern because all of those emergency setups that Farhan put in place, they're not there right now. They're not in place anymore. No, and there, there's a holding pattern because there's not a lot of pitching at the AAA level. It's just there's just not. You you reference Sean Jelly. I think he gets a look. I think he deserves a look at this point. He got a little taste earlier this season coming out of the bullpen. I believe it was Colorado. Uh, the Disco thing. Look, I don't know what the advanced numbers are. 
Is the curveball not curving as much? Is the two seamer, you know, have no bite to it? I have no idea. He just looks, everything looks flat and hittable and waist high. That's what it looks like to me. And then I also, I'll give him this. He has been the benefactor, whatever you want to call it, of horrific defense. You know, they could have got out of an inning a couple of times, and maybe he's in the fourth or fifth with one run surrendered. Instead, it's like a 7 nothing game before you blink, and he had like three consecutive bad plays. Yastrzemski on on the one hit the cutoff. The other one by Slater, like, I don't know what he's doing. So it's not just Di Scalfani, but I think it's the snowball effect of the horrible horrible defense, and then him just not catching a break break on top of probably not having his best stuff the defense has been a killer uh but at the same time uh the pitchers you know sometimes you got to get four outs um and you got to be able to do that without allowing the reds to score right. seven runs all right here's my bad idea i already know it's a bad idea give it to me but uh you know I, no uh, no suggestion is that bad given where we're at right now we come just on. Two we, or three we, to the reds we've all been out on a friday or saturday night and you're like mm, that's a bad idea but we're doing it anyway so what about this kyle harrison you mentioned that, you know, is there anything at AAA? I don't know, but I know there's something at AA. And is it too soon? I get it, probably. Um, does he have the mental makeup to get through something like that? I don't know. Uh, is his control where the Giants want it to be for him to be a major league starter? Probably not quite yet. Um, I don't know if it's fair to compare him to Madison Bumgarner, but he's the exact same age as Madison was when he came up. Uh, same type of thing, just a lefty that just knocks your socks off when you watch him pitch. And the Giants collectively, not only as a team, but for their fan base, need a spark. Is it a terrible idea to see if Kyle Harrison can come up and give him a couple of starts? I don't understand why this is some crazy novel idea. Like I get it. People are so conditioned. You have to have X amount of innings in the minor leagues before you could deserve a spot. Well, I go the other way. If I know your arm is so precious. Okay. And I know that at any moment you might be throwing a pitch that puts you on Tommy John, you know, fast, fast lane. Why would I waste archaic amounts of innings from like 1971 for you to prove to me that you belong dog? 98 is 98. And if it it plays it plays i don't care if it's double a triple a or the big league level so i think it's worth a shot at this point is he that much worse than than sammy long and i'm not ripping sammy long i'm i'm yeah. asking out loud like if you don't have any options give him a little taste worst case scenario he's 20 years old he needed to get a couple of work in uh get his work in anyway he goes back down like to me i don't see what's wrong here and then this thing that he's going to be He'll be emotionally scarred and he'll never be able to recover. I just don't buy that. Yeah. I I, I mean, it, it, it certainly would provide everybody a little something to chew on at a time where it really, really feels like that's a necessity more on the farm system in just a moment. I want to remind you that alongside Joe Shasky, I'm Mark Willard and you're listening to the garlic fries and baseball guys podcast giants baseball through the eyes and hearts of the fan Make sure you're subscribed and you don't miss an episode. We do two a week. And speaking of that, at the end of this week, so coming up this weekend after the White Sox are in town, we'll do a mailbag episode for our 20th episode. So we would love for you to start sending in your questions on any of our social platforms, mine, Joe's, Garlic Fries, Baseball Guys, any of those social platforms, send your questions in and we'll get them going. Okay, speaking of the farm system, eyebrows up that your mean Mercedes was also called was already called up by the Giants just a few days after he was claimed and acquired. 
I have no issue with that. He's a player who was incredibly exciting for the White Sox just about a year and a half ago. So that's interesting. However, organizational philosophy, you do really well at one level. We're going to reward you. If I am, and I'm going to just admit straight to you, I don't even know. Is it pronounced David Villar or is it pronounced David VR? I, I'm not even sure. I've heard it both ways from Dave Fleming, who's a part of the team. So, right. so I'm and, going and, with Villar. Okay, let's go with Villar and let's go with the fact that he is leading the world uh, in Sacramento right now, AAA. Um, he is leading the league in home runs. He's got 20 bombs already. Mm-hmm. He dominated at double A just a year ago with some similar numbers and plays a similar position. A, should the Giants call him up? But B, is he ticked off to watch the team acquire somebody overnight and send him up to the bigs and pass me over? I didn't realize how great of a year he was having until Dave Fleming brought his name up today. And Mark, I look 20 jacks, got a nice average. They say he can play a little third, a little first base. Like, uh, I, I don't know. Uh, is, is Longoria on, on this team past this year? Like, I think you need a third baseman at some point at 25 years old. Why not? Like, why not turn that card over? I'm I'm a hundred percent with you. Like to me, both guys should be brought up right now. Like they need, they need any yeah. kind of shot in the arm that they can find. And look, if you have to experiment, put them at second base because of the injury to Crawford. Is it the worst thing in the world? Not at all. Not at all. And this guy is a homegrown player. He's just not the one we saw coming, yes. which is, I think, a, a dynamic that maybe we need to get rid of. He's not Joey Bart. He's not Elliot Ramos. He's not Marco Luciano. He's David freaking VR. Mm -hmm. And and this guy was an 11th round, 316th overall pick for the Giants back in 2018. But he's been fantastic. His OPS this year, AAA, is over 1,000. Okay? This is dominating baseball. And it just, we're sitting here screaming for right-handed power bats. And this guy is an hour and a half up the road absolutely crushing pitching for the second year in a row. Here's what Fleming had to say about him most recently uh, with you guys on 95.7 The Game. I think there's a strong argument to be made that they should give a look to this guy, David Villar, who we saw in spring training. He's leading the Pacific Coast League in home runs. He's having a really good year. He set the double-A franchise record for home runs last year. He's probably not a perfect player, but I think there is something to be said for when a guy earns it with performance. The Giants preach that from the front office, like, show us you belong. Dominate your level. Well, to me, that's what that guy's doing. He's dominating that level from a power perspective, and I think he's earned that opportunity. And at least at the moment, they've given that opportunity to this guy, your mean Mercedes. Okay, so along the lines of what he's saying, when he says he's not a perfect player, he's probably referring to the strikeouts. He's got some, let's borrow Gabe Kapler's Joey Bart phrase, he's got some swing and miss in his game. There's no doubt. However, every level of the Giants farm system, he has been a consistent player. Okay, 2018 and 2019. 2019, he was in San Jose, double-digit home run guy, hit 262. Last year, double A, 275 average, as you heard Flem say, 20 home runs. That's big in a double A level that does not give up a lot of offense. Now to triple A, 274, 20 home runs, leading the Pacific Coast League. He's the exact same hitter every year. He is a 265 to 275 hitter 
with extremely high power and, yes, some swing and miss in his game. But if he's been – every time you give him a new challenge, he's the exact same guy, I mean – Give him the next challenge. I mean, this, I'm going to give you two quick names. And look, the first one you're going to scoff at, but guys and talent can come from any level and be drafted anywhere. Mike Piazza was drafted as a favor to the family. Everyone knows. And he's one of the top end finds of all time. I think it was like the 60 something round. Like he only was drafted because Lasorda was trying to do his family a favor. He ended up having a hall of fame career. I'm not saying that's this. So let me go a little more recent. Remember Matt Duffy? He was taken in like the eight. 18th or 19th round or whatever it was and just kept balling kind of at every single level. Everyone doubted him. Ah, you know, he's not a real prospect. Ah, you know, I don't know. And the guy comes up and it's like, yeah, he's a good ball player. I believe he won the Willie Mack award for the giants and was like runner up in the rookie of the year. Now I'm not saying that's going to happen here, but like just to categorically dismiss someone because they're an 11th round draft pick, which is what Villar is. That's just silly. Like, that's just silly to me. Why not see if this guy can ball? Well, this is the way we do it in sports. I mean, why are so many voices hesitant to give Steph Curry all-time <laughs> credit? Because you didn't predict it to begin with. Yes. And it forces people to go, A, I was wrong, and B, put financial resources in places that you weren't expecting to put it. And so that's why there's always this, you know, this hesitancy. I mean, Joey Bart. Was he ready for this this year? It appears not, but he got the shot because he was the yeah. number two overall draft pick. So I'm a big believer, and Farhan said this to us two weeks ago when he joined. He said, look, we, we really want to give those guys opportunities rather than go outside the organization to pull someone in. And then it felt like what they did this week was the exact opposite of what he told us they wanted to do. I know. I know. Well, they're in a holding pattern. Like, Mark, yeah. I've come to this kind of like epiphany, right, where I looked at their top 15 prospects. And depending on where you're going to get your information on who's ranked where, roughly 11 or so of those guys of the top 15 prospects in their system are set to come up at some point this year or next year. That's the hope. That's the belief. Okay. Whether it's Luciano Harrison all the way down to like Bednard and some of these guys that they've drafted more recently. So we're in a holding pattern for like a slew of young guys to come through this particular organization and start cracking on the door of the big leagues. It just takes time, but you got to start somewhere. Like that's where I thought Villar would be a nice guy. And he's not even in one of the top 15, I believe in most rankings, he's like, you know, 12 to 20 right. or somewhere in there. So he's not even in there, but that's how you show the depth of your farm is random guys out producing whatever their slot was. So I'm, I'm excited for what's to come. And I just, I went back. I'm like, all right, you know, where were the Braves just a couple years ago? They were the number one farm system in 2018. They were bad. They were not a big, big, uh, good big league club. Clearly, that fruit is paying dividends today. They're an awesome team. They won the World Series, but it took time. I know I'm guilty. I want these guys to all come up right now. Where is it? I want to see the I want to see the baby, but the labor takes time. And it's I struggle with this, Mark, because I want to see something fun now. And I've waited this long. Can we just be patient one more year? Something fun. Okay, hold on to that statement. Much more to say. This is Garlic Fries and Baseball Guys podcast. That's Joe Shasky. I'm Mark Willard. Thank you, as always, for joining us. Twice a week, we're coming at you with episodes. Make sure you're subscribed so that you don't miss a minute. Okay, something fun has kind of become the talking point around this baseball team, and we mean that in more ways than just the obvious. 
Uh, there is the baseball team and cheap fines and all of the little quirks of a Farhan team and and they haven't signed stars and uh, you got to find a free agent to say yes for it to work. We've had that debate. Do they need a star for you to come to the ballpark? Well, another side to the issue has been raised and the, the lead on it was Andrew Baggerly in The Athletic where he said, look, this ballpark experience has basically not changed since the team won its first World Series. And that experience, meaning uh, even just all the way down to the music, the in-game entertainment, um, everything feels suddenly a little bit stale, especially coming out of a pandemic and a sport that's trying to attract young, new viewers. I, I wonder what you think about that. My quick thought is that the lack of attendance, and, and, and this is really based on that, and it's not like there's no attendance. It's just that the average has fallen from 33,000 down to 30. Um, still pretty healthy environment, but it's falling. And so mm -hmm. you want to address that. Is it a baseball thing? Is it a non-baseball thing? Or is it what I think is just a money thing? Um, I, I think money. Before part I go deeper it. into that, what do you, yeah, what do you say? Yeah, I think money is part of it. I mean, there's clearly like a variety of of variables, right? Like we we can all agree there. But I think at the beginning of everything, it's cyclical. Like right, the Warriors at one point were on down in the dumps. Yeah, fans still showed up and they were loyal, but not like what it is now, right? The Giants, uh, you know, had unbelievable success and were the party scene. I knew a lot of people who grew up weren't real Giants fans. And then the minute they started hanging banners and it was the place to be, oh, they're out at the ballpark with their family. Oh, they're the biggest Giants fan who's ever been seen. Now you see that with the Warriors, right? How many fans really didn't care about the Golden State Warriors or basketball? And now they just want to be a part of the party scene. What's popular? What's the thing to do? I remember when the 49ers had a season ticket base, 30-year wait list. Remember that, Mark? And then they had some lean years. And then it was like, oh, my God, you can get in for 12 bucks. You know what I mean? For the whole season. So I, I do believe it's cyclical in this part of the country, but I do think they need like a kickstart in terms of just kind of shaking things up. Here's where I kind of struggle. It does feel like in downtown San Francisco, we're still not back to normal. We might not ever get back to quote unquote pre pandemic stuff. So I don't know how they kind of switch this pricing is not going away. Inflation no. is not going away. So I don't know how they offset that right now in one of the most expensive places to live in the entire country. Inflation is not going away, but the parking lot did. Yeah. Inflation is not going away, but the chicken strips did. I mean, our, our guy, Alex Pavlovich, did a big thing coming out of the weekend about how the chicken strips are suddenly smaller, like you're getting less bang for more buck. And to me, that's really the issue here. You know, we just came out of warrior season where we watch people splurge what for some is like a life savings to go to one game. But there yes. are enough people in the Bay Area with resource who will do that if it feels like what you're buying is worth it. Should we splurge and go watch Steph Curry and a championship level team up close? Meantime, now, not that it costs nearly as much, but from tickets to parking, to the food, to the number of people you want to go, to the ease or the difficulty of getting to and in and out of the stadium, all of that. I'm telling you, it is easy, easy for a family of four, if they want a decent seat, to be rocking close to $1,000. 
to go to a baseball game and there's 81 of them. And then what my real pet peeve is, is the concession experience has just gone haywire. I don't I know if it's because of what they tried to do during the pandemic where you're ordering ahead and separate line for you. I realize that the Giants, like every other business in the world, totally understaffed. I'm never going to come out those poor employees who are working their butts off there. But the concession experience, if you take A, that's less food for more money and more time. I can't tell you how many times I've I've either or watched friends try to go get food and miss two innings. Yeah. And, 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 and so th- this bang for the buck idea is totally out of whack with the Giants right now. Well, just let's peel it back for just a second on the on the concessions, because I think this is a real food service issue. I, I sold food for, you know, to at t Park for many, many, many years. It's a third party concession group that basically runs all the concessions, almost yes. like Stonestown. They're renting out the space and then giving a cut to the landlord, if you will, or any kind of mall situation. The other part is the food costs have gone through the roof. I mean, Mark, French fries, just an example, French fries. Let's say you were paying you know, a buck per pound for frozen French fries before the pandemic. Now you're probably paying close to a buck 40 buck 50 per pound. If you're a restaurant, I'm talking about a street account. So like your cost has gone through the roof. How are you going to make that up? Make the portions a little smaller so that you don't raise the prices so dramatically high that the consumer loses their mind. And you're yeah. just praying to God that nobody notices, but at some point there's gotta be a payoff, right? Like you, with art, For example, I deem something valuable if I can get some sort of satisfaction or what I'm deeming is rewarding on the on the receiving end warrior game. I'm going because I know I'm going to have a great time and the price can be through the roof. But it's a once in a lifetime type moment that I want to be a part of. I don't think they can offer that right now. Right. I get it. I'll also say this, though, um, because fans will not understand or make the separation between chicken strips in left field no and doubt. the Giants baseball team. I no know doubt. you're right. It is a third party that comes in you're and so runs true. that, but the Giants are in charge. Yes. Right. If they're the landlord and these are the renters, what do you do when your renters start busting holes in the walls? You come in and you shake up the renters mm-hmm. or you get new renters. Well, uh, and it's because, representative of you. I mean, that's yes, at the end is, of the day. You're this right. This is your house. Yes. This is your house. And right now, I'm just telling you, as somebody who you know, I love this team. I love this ballpark more than more than anything out there. I wish I was there for all 81. I love being there that much you cannot have a process that now as we go through a pandemic dollars are tighter Mm -hmm. um and 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 large events are harder to sell and you're you're gonna pitch less food for more money and more time i mean it's just not gonna work you can you have got to find a way to be able to get food to people's seats in a half inning that's what you have you have a half inning I will, if I'm a Giants fan, I'm going to pick the half inning when the other team comes to the plate. And I yeah. get it may be a quick inning, so I'm not going to be a hard one about that. But you get what I'm saying. No, you can't if lose I, 50% if, of the game. If the Giants make a third out and I run to the concession, I better be able to be back in my yeah. seat by the time the Giants hit again, 
or I'm going to be upset, especially if I open up yes. my box and find tiny little chicken nuggets that are supposed to be strips. Yes, there's no doubt about it. Or they're soggy or whatever it is. No, you're 100% correct. And you get the, the souvenir cups. It's like $10.50 for the small one, $12.25. And look, we're, we're accustomed to paying more in the Bay Area, number one. Look at our gas prices. Like, we go to the airport. We know how much things cost when you're, when you're kind of stuck in. But you got to get bang for the buck. Like, going to Disneyland, right? I know for a fact when I go to Disneyland, I am getting gouged but i also know i'm gonna see mickey i'm gonna see Minnie. and now when i go to at&t park there is no mickey or Minnie. i might get like the dwarf second cousin who's platooning today at second base but like that that ain't good enough i need mickey you know what i mean i do i do pluto though and uh yeah pluto and goofy have a platoon in right field it's underrated and you can you believe me it's gonna it's gonna bring some W's. Yes. Um, no, and by the way, those souvenir cups, all that means is you gotta go to the bathroom more, and there's a line for that too. So uh, true. So crying true. out loud. It's uh, so all bad. Right. Uh there it is. That's episode 18. Again, episode 19 coming up Thursday. Episode 20, your mailbag questions. Yeah. Send them in. We would love to get as many as possible so that we can do what we do, which is speak directly to you. The Giants fan DMs are open on Twitter. Uh, I, I think for uh, for both of us and yeah. for the uh, at Garlic Fry guys, Twitter, Instagram, whatever, Telegram, come to our homes, whatever it is, that's fine. We'll be ready for you coming up this weekend. For Joe Shasky, I'm Mark Willard on Garlic Fries and Baseball, guys. We'll talk to you again later in the week.